Speak to the people of Israel that they take for me a contribution. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall receive the contribution for me. And this is the contribution that you shall receive from them, gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen, goat's hair, tanned ram's skins, goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones, and stones for setting, for the ephod and for the breastpiece. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. Exactly as I, shall, as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all of its furniture, so you shall make it. And Moses called Bezalel and Oholiab, and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come to do the work. And they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work on the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning, so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task that he was doing, and said to Moses, The people bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave command, and word was proclaimed throughout the camp, Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. This is the word of the Lord. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. And Lord, we ask that that same word would bring both light and life to all of us this morning. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So when I started uh, college here, I had no clue what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And so I remember taking these different assessments, and many of you have done these as well, to try to figure out what might be a good fit for a future career. And these assessments, what they do is they look at a combination of different factors, your personality, your strengths, your weaknesses, your experience, and also what you're actually interested in. And it tries to pull all of these together to say this might be a good career path for you. And just for the record, uh, ministry was not on any of my top 100 <laughs> lists that came out. But at UGA, there is over 100 different majors to choose from. And underneath each of those majors is dozens and hundreds and even thousands of different kinds of careers that you can pursue. I want you to think about all of the different kinds of work that happens by the people in this room and the variety that is present just in this small group of people. Every one of us works in some way. So even though it may not come with a title always, or it may not come with a salary, every one of us spends our life in some type of work. But while all of us may do a different kind of work, there is one common work that every one of us is designed for and called to. No matter what your age is, no matter what your gender is, no matter what your strengths are, or your interests, or your education, your experience, your availability, or anything else. 
there is one work that every one of us is called to give our lives to day after day. It's an important work. It's a work that God has said, this is very, very important to me, and I want it to be important to you as well. And so what I want to do this morning is consider what this work actually is and how we join in that work in our own lives. And to help us, we're going to be looking at this passage in Exodus about their work. And then we're going to see how it fits into the bigger story of God's greater work in the world and how we get pulled in as well. And there's two things that we are going to see. We're going to look at Israel's call to build a place and our call to build a people. Israel's call to build a place and our call to build a people. So we start with this first one, Israel's call to build a place. In our time studying Exodus, which we're coming to a close, what we have seen is this beautiful work of God rescuing His people out of slavery in Egypt, doing for them what they could not do for themselves, and then bringing them into a life-giving relationship with Himself. Key verse in Exodus from 29. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt that I might dwell with them. Over and over again, what we're seeing is God's heart is to share His life with this people. And one of the ways in which He has been pursuing this people and strengthening this bond between this people is giving them this structure called a tabernacle. Now, the tabernacle is this movable tent that God says He is going to dwell with His people in a way like never before. And we've spent a few weeks talking about how the structure, the design, the activities are rich with meaning and are telling this beautiful story of their redemption and of our redemption. But this morning, what we're seeing is now we're moving from idea to reality. We're moving from the blueprints to actually building this structure. And it's helpful to think that, that God could have just made this on His own time and with His own resources. But instead, there's something important in God's mind about the people gathering together, working together as a community to make this building happen. And we've got to see from the very start that this building project is incredibly important to the life of this people. So it's not like I'm building a shed in the back of my yard that's going to hold some lawn equipment to keep it from the rain. That shed is nice, but it's not critical to my life or the life of my family and our health and our thriving. It's more like the work of digging out a well in sub-Saharan Africa to provide abundant water for a community that's dying of thirst. That's the, that's the kind of gravity of this. What these people need more than their own freedom is they need God's life flowing into them like living water. What they need is more of God. That's why this building is so important because it's God saying, here is a way in which 
I am going to flow more of who I am into you. And that that might not just flow into you, but that might flow through you. Blessing the nations. But in order to make this structure happen, they need materials to build. They need gold. They need silver, bronze, yarn, linen, skins, wood, oil, spices, precious stones. These these items, materials for this structure, aren't just lying around in the wilderness that they can just pick up. If, If this structure is going to be built, then this people has to provide the materials in order to make it happen. And I want to I lock into three observations about their giving and what we see. First, what we see is they give freely to this work. So we've all had that experience where uh, someone comes to the door and who asks for money, uh, often for their Little League team, and we come up with a big speech of how we're not going <laughs> to, we don't want to give anything, uh, but then we find ourselves writing this big check um, because they just asked. Oftentimes, our, our motivation for giving uh, can be out of a sense of guilt or just embarrassment if we said no. What we see here in this giving of the people is that it is done freely out of a heart that has been moved. Verse 2, Speak to the people of Israel that they take from me a contribution from everyone whose heart moves them and see that you shall receive the contribution from me. This is not manipulation. This is a community whose life together is stirred to build something that would be for everyone's good. Second, they give sacrificially. So in the United States alone, we have over 1.7 billion square feet of storage. Not in a home, but external storage in all of these different buildings that you'll see around town. Another way to think about it is 60 square miles of storage scattered throughout our nation. And what the purpose of this is, is just to hold stuff that we don't want to keep in our houses. We're a people with a lot of stuff. When you think about where Israel is right now, all the stuff that they have is just what they were able to carry with them out of Egypt. And so the few possessions they have are very precious to them, are very valuable. These are the items that are going to help them start their new life together. So these precious items are going to bring security. They're going to bring comfort. They're even going to bring help for generational care. And so these items are are very valuable. And what we're seeing is them giving the few items that are precious and valuable to them in order to build this structure for this community. They're giving sacrificially. Third observation is they're not just giving freely and sacrificially, but they're giving abundantly. Look at verse 3. They they still kept bringing freewill offerings every morning so that all the craftsmen came and said to Moses, the people bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave command and word was proclaimed throughout all the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work 
and more. They're so invested in this good work that we're told that they give much more than enough. Most of the restraining we all know about and think about has to do with people being held back uh, from doing bad. But here, the people, the good is flowing so abundantly that God has to restrain it and pull it back. So in their desire to build this place that God is going to be with them in a special way, they share what they have in order to make this happen. But even more than that, they don't only just share what they have, they also share who they are. So a few chapters back, God talks about some of the people who will be contributing to this work. It says they were filled with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze and in cutting stones for setting and carving wood to work in every craft. What God's doing is pulling together this people to make this dream happen. In verse 2, Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every craftsman whose mind was filled, whose the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him to come to do the work. God is not passive in this good work. God is engaged. God is working in and through the people to make this happen. Because this work captures so much of God's heart for His people. A heart that is moving to be in and with His people for their good. With the purpose that life would not just flow in them, but through them. That's their work. This call to build a place. What's our work? Um, It'd be nice for me to stand up here and say, well, we have this building project. We have this land. We need money. And here's an opportunity to stir you up to give freely, (laughs) to give sacrificially, to give abundantly. We've got baskets we're about to pass out. And this is the application of this sermon. We're going to make this structure happen. Um, That's not what this text is leading us in. There's something actually much bigger and much more beautiful that God is calling um, His people and this church and you as an individual to be a part of. And it has to do with us being able to step back and see that, that God's work in the Scriptures is one unfolding work in which Exodus is a part of. And one of the key movements as we look through the grain of Scripture is this movement of God growing closer and closer and closer to be with His people. So in the building of this tabernacle, it's a big step forward of God is saying, I'm going to be with you as your God to share my light and my life with you. But that's not where it ends. They end up building a a permanent structure uh, called the temple, which is basically just the tabernacle that's made Permanent. They function in the same way. But as we get to the New Testament, we see the message is clear. God hasn't stopped there. He keeps moving to be with His people. So that we are told in John 1 about Jesus, that Jesus is God with us. That the Word, that God Himself came, and it literally says, He tabernacled among us. Jesus is God saying, I am here with you in a way like never before. 
But that's not even the end. After Jesus' death and His resurrection, God pours out His Spirit upon His people in a way like never before. So that what happens is we are told that God is dwelling not just in Jesus, but in us as well. We, His people, are now the place where God says, I am making my home in you. 2 Corinthians 6, we are the temple of the living God. 1 Corinthians 3, we are God's building. 1 Peter 2, you are like living stones being built up as a spiritual house. Ephesians 2, in Jesus, you're being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have from God? What that means is that our work is not about building a place. It is about building a people. Ephesians 4, this is the ministry. Building up the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 14, let all things be done for what? for building up. 1 Thessalonians, build one another up just as you were doing. This is the work that God is doing. God is saying, my heart is not in the tabernacle or the temple. It is in you. And there is something special that I'm doing in you and that you are to be a part of together. And then this work of building up a people, there are two critical parts. It is a helping others come to know the life-giving grace of Jesus, and it's helping others to grow in the life-giving grace of Jesus. It is a work of gathering in and growing up. It is a work of bringing in and building up. And this is the work that every one of us is called to be a part of. It doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter your experience, your strengths, your weaknesses, your gifts. Doesn't matter what kind of work you pour yourself into from eight to five every day. God says this is a work that all other works are meant to be pulled into. It's a work that we are to prioritize and to pursue wholeheartedly. 1 Corinthians 10 says we are to strive to excel in building up the church. In your own life right now, what are you striving to be excellent in? What do you want to be great at? What do you want other people to be able to look at your life and say, they are incredibly good at this? Um, we've got a lot of really talented people in here. We've got a lot of educated people in here. We have a lot of experienced people in here. A lot of excellence is captured in this room, and it's a beautiful kind of excellence. But there's a different kind of excellence we are called to pursue of us building up one another. It's a work we're called to give freely to. It's a work we're called to give sacrificially to. It's a work we're called to give abundantly to. The book of Acts gives this snapshot in the beginning of what this looked like in the early church. It said, and all who believed were together. And they had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and their belongings. They were distributing the proceeds to everyone who had need. And day by day, they were attending the temple. They were, they were breaking bread in homes. They received food with glad hearts and with generous hearts, 
They praised God. They had favor in the people. And day by day, those who are being saved or rescued are being brought in. But while it's a common work that every one of us shares, we also have different roles in this. And this is where a New Testament passage comes in. It's part of a much bigger discussion that Paul has about gifts within the church, how not everybody functions in the same way. It says, now there's a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, a variety of services, but the same Lord, varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit in the com- for the common good. What that means is that this church family is a lot like the human body. Not every person is meant to function in the same way. Just as the human body has an eyes, has ears, has feet, has hands, has a nose, they all work together for the common good. God is saying, I am work- I've designed you to work together for the common good. Not everyone needs to function in the same way, and there's something beautiful about that. But there's something also common about it that we're called to, to use to give what we have and who we are for the building up, for the gathering in and growing up. I want to close with just a few thoughts on, on what this could look like and maybe what it just looks like for me and my own personal experience of it. Um, so preaching is, is, is strange for me. Uh, it's an introvert monologuing for like 25 minutes, which just sounds like a terrible recipe, and when I get done, my head's just all cloudy and full, and I go out to talk to people in the hall, and, uh, which I love to do. Um, but I think my favorite moment is when uh, Slade Watson, I don't think he's here this morning. Is he on the... Uh, I don't know if I can talk about him and he's here. Um, he will come up. Hey, Slade. Slade, I'll talk to you then. Um, he, he will come up and give me the biggest hug. And I know he doesn't care about anything about what I preached on. <laughs> he's just glad I'm in his life. And he's just glad I'm his pastor. I love you, Slade. I'm glad to be a part of your life. Um, that is one, that is building up the body. That makes me a different person. That makes me want to come back next Sunday and keep doing what I'm doing and not give up and move to a different state and sit on on the beach drinking margaritas, something else. In my closet at home, I have this box. And uh, Don, mentor, previous pastor, encouraged me to do this. Um, There can be a lot of discouragement in ministry. Uh, This box contains... um, Every letter you've sent, every postcard you've sent, every picture that uh, one of these precious kids has drawn for me, and it goes in this box. And I was looking through it this morning, and it's just it's overwhelming to look at that and see this is the, the love, the care, the support, the building up. That's, that's God using the body in a beautiful way to build, to build up, and it's a gift to me. You know, if I take a step back from that and think about it, my life uh, as a whole, um, I, I cannot put my head around the, the amount of love and support my mom and my dad have poured into me for 40 plus years. I just, I just can't grasp that, even as a parent. I think about others, Katie's parents. I think about Thomas's parents. 
I think about you all and the ways in which you have loved and supported. Um, it just became very clear to me that I, di- I didn't, I am not who I am and I do not do what I do on my own. I'm the product of thousands of small moments of encouragement and support and of people who along the way have pulled me into this faith, who have said this, this good news about Jesus is real and we want you to be a part of it. People have been gathering me in and building me up for a long time. We don't do it alone. We do it together. Um, This is the work that God has called each of us to. I know each of you has these stories about all these different touch points of the ways, the different instruments God has used in your life. And this is the work, it's a beautiful work that you're called to be about. I don't know what it will look like for you. It will look different for everyone in this room to some degree because you're wired very differently. Your experiences are very different. But my hope is that in the midst of all the busyness of life, in all the ways in which all we, the ways we feel scattered, all the things we give our heart to, that there will be a little more of a sense today that there is this beautiful good work that's meant to pull us in more than anything else, and that every part of our life is meant to be swept into that. I want to close with another final word of <laughs> encouragement. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to supposed to tell people you're closing when you're not really closing. But now I'm really closing. Okay? Um, It's a good work. At the end of the day, it's not about our work and what we're able to do. It's about Jesus' work and the work He is doing. He says this to His disciples. He says, I will build my church. And it's going to be so strong that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. Jesus knows he's, he's building something in the midst of a war zone. But because Jesus is building it, it's going to be strong. It's going to endure. He is pulling us into this work that has captivated his heart and his life. This work matters so much to Jesus that he gave everything he had to bring it to life. This work matters so much to the Father that He gave what was most precious to Him in order to bring this work to life. We read in different places of Scripture that Jesus is the cornerstone of this work. But it says something else. It says He was the stone that was rejected. He was the foundation stone that that others and we all looked at and said it's not impressive. We don't want it. Let's crucify it. And it was on this stone that God says, I'm going to build this people. They're going to be grounded on this hope, secure in hope. They're going to grow into this hope. And that's the good work. Do we know personally this life-giving grace in Jesus? Are we growing personally in this life-giving grace of Jesus? Are we helping others to come to know this life-giving grace in Jesus? And are we helping others to grow in this life-giving grace of Jesus? Let's pray. Um, Father, we thank You for Your good work, for bringing us into it. And we pray that You would establish the work of our hands and do more than we could ask or imagine. 
It's in your name we pray. Amen.